0: We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets. But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. I just want to start by saying Happy Friday. Yeah. And some of you actually might be listening to this while you're traveling to Park City to hang out with us, which is a weird sentence. That's crazy. But I, hey, I listen to podcasts when I fly. That's one of the main places I listen to them. Yeah, road so trips, flying, You might be, online. you might be like traveling, and that'll be weird. You may have just like stepped off a plane. You're listening to the podcast, and you're about to hang out with Paul and I, <laughs> which is, is which is weird. People have said. That.
1: I hear your voices when they meet us live, and then they, I've just been listening to you, yeah, it's, and it's, it's weird hearing you say different things, and you're in front of me. It
0: doesn't matter if you're coming or not. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you to those of you that have rated it and shared it. All of that stuff keeps us in the top 10. This podcast continues to grow at a level that kind of shocks us, so thank you guys yeah, for all absolutely. the listening.
1: Absolutely. Well, the Paris Motor Show is going on currently yes. as of this podcast. Mm-hmm. The press days have just gone by, and we are looking at a few of the cars. I'm sure you're consuming things in the news. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just want to touch on one of the biggest reveals and that is the new 3 series. Yeah. G20. They've gone up of course they keep you know going to the next letter of the alphabet
0: of and course they the do. it's the size of the old 5. Well, yes. Yeah.
1: And I wanted to dissect this car a little bit because there's been a lot of people asking us about this car. I think of everything (laughs) at the Paris Motor Show that has been, I will say, fairly well attended by car manufacturers, but there have been a lot that haven't attended. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then some have come back, but there have been a a few car manufacturers that didn't attend. So BMW took the opportunity to make this as the three series reveal. This is the all new car, the new G20 chassis. And it's my understanding, right off the bat, that there is no manual transmission option for mm-hmm. North America. That's what they're saying. This is um, well. This is a shift in it, headspace.
0: Yeah, it is. Nice pun there, by the way. Yeah, it's a shift well, in headspace. Yeah. But, and they're also offering an eight-speed auto. So it does, doesn't suggest, sound they like it's are. a dual clutch. It sounds like it's an eight-speed auto.
1: Yes, yes. They've got, well, let's see, six different engines available from the launch, starting with a 320i with a turbo four-cylinder. 184 horsepower, and that goes up to 382 horsepower. And, well, it's pro- that's a powerful engine. That's yeah, good. i sure. like to see that kind for of sure. power. But then no manual transmission. And, and the reason I say this, and I, I think everybody has noted this, is because we default to BMW so often as, yeah. well, one of the remaining car manufacturers that we could select a car for you listening to the podcast. Mm, mm. Hey, I want a manual transmission something. And we come back to sports sedans or just yeah. sports cars in general, and we think, not too many manufacturers doing this. Now they have said nothing from the M division. This has just been here's sure, the fair, new three series fair, yeah. going on up to the yeah. M Sport Edition. So mm-hmm. the the M performance essentially. So it's the M three forty
0: i like the M the new M three will still offer a manual. That's an interesting question. I'm hoping I'm hoping Maybe. the M performance. Well, the M division will sure. it just yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: continues on, but. Is this is this the end? I, I speculate. I hope not. I hope BMW still brings the enthusiasm. And I've also been kind of ragging on the interiors for a while of mm-hmm. nothing new here, nothing new to see, and it's kind of looking old. But I will say European manufacturers don't move as fast as other manufacturers because they have a clientele base. They have yeah. relatable, hey, I'm familiar, I like that, I, I don't want big changes. So they move, I think, more slowly. Glacially? But, <laughs> Sorry. I suppose. So I'm looking at this car and I'm liking what the front is doing. I'm looking at the rear and from the sketches, I really did like what I see. Mm. And there've been some accusations of the overall styling, taking on some cues of what you'd see from Asian car manufacturers.
0: I, I agree with that. Which I, see I can that. see. Yeah.
1: However, those rear lights initially just first glance, they look, even though they're not, they look a little bit more rectilinear
0: in proportion and shape nobody listening saw my eyebrows shoot up at that word it what was word. that word rectangular Rectilinear. rectilinear, rectilinear wow forms. i'm i'm
1: okay i'm hanging on before you criticize this car I ask that you take a real discerning look and look over all the lines and what they're doing in photos. Don't just look at the overall shape and proportion and just the headlights and the taillights. Look at the character lines. Look at the swept up just above the rocker, how it continues into the panel gap, going right up into the taillight there. Look at what that three or three-quarter body side is delineating. I'm fascinated by some of these new shapes. Okay. And it's... It's a fine line to incorporate everything that a BMW is, mm-hmm. keep the prior owners happy, make it not look too crazy and different like a spaceship landed and what the heck is this thing, Yeah, and still push forward with a new clean design. I'm coming to you and I'm submitting my like. I like this Do you car really?
0: a lot. I I want to see it in the sheet metal. I'm, I agree. I think it's super busy and I don't like it. There's a but lot going on. I'm not the design on. guy.
1: There's a lot going on. But look at those rear taillights again and you think, oh, they're just, you know, slender, you know, rectangles, you know, whatever that is. There's a history in mm-hmm. BMW 5 series and 3 series. Look at those taillights from yeah. from the old yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, the yeah. older cars. Definitely. And you'll see a lot of history clean, for sure. Clean, straight lines, and they're pulling that out of here. And then look at that rear taillight. It's actually there's there's fine, fussy details in there which get a little bit too much for my eye but i the more i look at this car and i appreciate details the more i'm intrigued by some of these choices and they're they've now made the design language that they've been honing in on i mm-hmm. think they're starting to really make it work from a Here's where we're going for the future, everyone. Interesting. I I I'm not liking
0: anything I see here. Okay. I'm not the design guy. I just don't fair, like it though. Fair. Fair.
1: And it's very subjective.
0: And there's I, so many creases. I mean, the hood is just it's, it's there's a lot overwhelmed with creases. I agree. And the I agree. up the up curve there on the rocker, I, I see. I totally see what you're saying. I see where it connects to a seam, but I think when it's driving down the road, it looks like uh, a curve to nowhere. I suppose. Sure. I can see that the uh, Simpsons.
1: Elevator escalator to nowhere. There you go. Uh, yeah, falling and, off the and edge. Then, and
0: <laughs> then the, they have a matching shape, front and rear three quarters. It's an intake shape that go, becomes either a fog light or a or the um, uh, the tail light, like extra little parking lamp. But it's just a weird shape. It is. But from a consistency of theme standpoint, yeah. Look
1: at the interior. Uh, I'll say the trihedral, dihedral looking
0: trapezoidal shapes that they are (laughs) refusing to give up. Yeah, they are. Yeah, this is hanging on. Look at that rear
1: three-quarter of the car, and you're starting to see some consistency there, which they're pulling things together better. But I submit to
0: BMW, if you picked a poor shape, don't do it more. (laughs) Just move on to a different shape. Fair. Move on to a different shape. Circles of shape? Circles look nice. (laughs) What is this weird... Anyway, go on. Why
1: does the new 3 Series look like the old Taurus from the 90s? Hey. No, I'm not saying that. But inspect this car before you jump to any conclusions. Again, we've got to see this in person. I want to see it in person. But inspect the photos and inspect all these lines more carefully. Look at the detail shots rather than the overall shots of the car. And then come to me with your opinion. And if you don't like it, that's perfectly fine. I'm not saying you have to agree with me. I'm not saying that. But... I am appreciating this detail more than I appreciated the F80. Okay. I like right. this car better than the prior generation.
0: I respect that comment from you. I, I have no basis for the fact that I just go, ew, but it's, we'll see. We'll see.
1: Again, anything new and different and, whoa, true, what's that? True, it true. takes time to warm up. It so does. It give does. yourselves time. See it in the flesh, you know, in the sheet yeah. metal.
0: And, I've, and I've ne- I agree with you. I've never loved the F80. Uh, I mean, some of the like the M3 and yeah. M4 variants of it, they started to make it work a little bit. But I never thought it was a beautiful car. I mean, I
1: can't say this is beautiful, but it's I'm liking what they're doing. I'm okay. liking where it has potential because they've still got some blistered fenders here. They've got some nice, crisp highlight forms. There's there's stuff to like. Let's hope the M guys make
0: it work. And uh, let's hope they. <laughs> We're put just a waiting in for it. the M people. Let's hope, to let's hope they do make it work better.
1: Uh, then see, I back away, and then I do like this more. There's there's okay. some right. purpose, and those front wheels are way out there in front. I yeah, do they like are. that language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like that a lot. The short
0: overhangs is always cool. I agree mm-hmm. with that. So there's there's Paris Motor Show. I mean there's there's so much other stuff going on there, but that really is, is the big news for sure. We should do car debates. We have two coming up. We have Edward writing in from Cape Cod. We also have John writing in from Austin, Texas. We're going to cover both of those. Also, we keep saying every time, thank you guys. You've buried us in questions. There's some really cool ones I want to cover there, but we should just start with uh, with Edward. Edward, thanks for writing to us. He has a
1: dilemma here at Mm -hmm. 37 years old, two kids, four and two, from Cape Cod, Massachusetts. He drives a lot for work. And, you know, when you wrote to us as a wine and liquor salesman, you know the inevitable bootlegging cars would be. um, We would tease you about that. So, um, you know, that's coming. He's (laughs) got something with a V8. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You know, that's where it started, right? (laughs) Anyway, 2013 Ford Fusion Hybrid, 140,000 miles. That's what he's got now. That's the current, yeah. He is driving a lot for work gets around 41 miles to the gallon. He said, well, well, it's not a fun car to drive. I like the way it looks and it does the trick of keeping the gas costs down. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. He's driving this car for five years and now he's got the itch. I want something new, but Agreed. he says, Should yeah. I just grind this thing into the earth, yeah. drive it till the wheels fall off or what do I do? Yeah. So we'll see. Now he's saying he's given us criteria of $35,000 and mm-hmm. remember the car that he's in, the Ford Fusion Hybrid. Keep yeah. that in mind yeah. as we're choosing things, mm-hmm. and the criteria that he's saying here is nothing in the I've got to have a fun, hot track car, and this has got to True. be an amazing True. car. Yeah, this yeah. has got to be a really great place to be for mm-hmm. commuting. So for keep a that lot in of time,
0: a lot of miles, choices. and let's get as much out of our gas mileage as we can for sure. And he does put that down. He says, "I
1: like electric." He's only driven a Tesla Model S so far, so that's his baseline for thinking
0: electric. Sure. Sure. which might work mm-hmm. maybe well 35 grand i mean i don't know that they've quite dropped to there yet but they they're, they're getting so close i don't think quite yet but i also think close. he's
1: using that as a hey what this about electric yeah. i've driven something yeah, with an totally. electric motor mm-hmm. only mm-hmm. he says no compacts he needs room for two car seats and good trunk space his wife currently has a BMW X5, which is their main family car. So
0: that's right? covered for sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: And because, like we've touched on, he lives in his car during the day. Mm-hmm. He's everywhere. Yeah. Calling yeah. on people, I'm sure. He needs nice seats and a nice interior. Mm-hmm. He just needs it to be comfortable. So he's got this mix of highway and back road, so I'm sure you're going all over creation, going Sounds everywhere like yeah. to all kinds yeah, yeah. of customers. He says all-wheel drive would be nice, not really necessary, yeah. and preferably an automatic just because of the nature of his work, totally. just the nature yeah. of the commuting. Yeah, completely. All right. So also, Massachusetts apparently has a green car incentive, discounting mm-hmm. plug-ins and electric vehicles even more than the federal government, apparently. Yeah. And he was thinking along the lines of a Chevy Volt Premier for under $21,000 after the rebates. That's a
0: that's an excellent buy a on that car.
1: Reaming deal, it's a really good
0: buy on that car. Genuinely,
1: and I agree with that car. If, mm-hmm. if the mm-hmm. miles per gallon is really the push here, yeah, then it's hard to go wrong because it does both. I mean, mm-hmm. I see you maybe using some of the electric motors or the electric capability. Sure, I think so. But mostly, when you're just cruising along, you need gas stations. Yeah. For yeah, what yeah. you're doing,
0: well, he's never going to find himself stuck. I mean, that's that's the question mark of the electric reality here. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. would you find yourself stuck? Are you going to do enough miles? Can you are you going to have to calculate at any point? You don't. the The Volt. Hopefully, you'll get benefit out of the electric, and because it was actually, I had it on my list as a really good choice because of that that deal.
2: Mm-hmm. Twenty one sure. grand
0: for one of those. That's a steal of a deal, and yeah, you can use it like a normal car. But then you have the benefit of the electric when you have the ability to do it. So again, the choices here are not the hottest thing ever. I
1: need the Ford Focus Mm -hmm. RS hatchback. No. No, Craziness, you know, that kind of thing. We've got to think, you know, easy on the backside for long distance. driving, Just lots and lots of miles. Works. Yep. And the reliability definitely comes into play here. The, Mm -hmm. I can't, I don't have time to worry about my car and maintaining it and wrenching and tweaking and all that kind of stuff with something more exotic. So I've been actually wrestling with a few ideas here. And I came upon a car that we have not driven yet. It's actually just coming into showrooms. So it's very brand new as of of October 2018 here. I've had some of the usual suspects on my list, but I'm not in love with these ideas. I do like your Volt, I think so, too. I do like the Volt idea.
0: You've centered in on on kind of being the perfect person for a Volt. I can really see that that would work for you. I have two other sedans and a wild card. It's just the Volt is not
1: the nicest place. It's not the, I can't wait to come back and relax.
0: It's not that car. It's it's going to do everything you need. I also don't think it's going to excite you a lot, which is a bit of a problem. Yeah. It's cool. Don't get me wrong. I'm actually a big fan of the Volt, but... It's not a. It's not a sexy, compelling. You're not going to tell anybody I drive a Volt, and they're like, "Whoa!" And I can see it in the parking lot <laughs> yeah. and be like, "What's that car?" That's not going to happen. <laughs> right. But it's going to run and be Sweet. great, right? Dude. Yeah. So I have two. I have two. I think pretty interesting full size sedans and okay. a, a, kind of an odd wild card. I want to explain my wild card because at first you're going to go, "Why would I do that?" And then I think I can explain it to you.
1: Mm, I'm landing on this car, and I had, Eddie, I had an Audi S4. Okay. on my list. Like I said, I'm not in love with these ideas quite yet. I'm not, I'm still warming to my own ideas, I guess. Okay. Okay. 36,000 miles for about $35,000 for 2015 Audi S4. As okay. you said, nice interior, nice place to be. Yeah. The mileage probably is not there where you're, probably where you're currently right, yeah. getting. I had, I found Audi A7. Of course, Kia Stinger crossed my mind. Yeah. Thought, well, cool. But I don't know about the mileage on that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. But then I did come across this car. It's a 2019 Acura. Hmm. ILX IS. Now, there's currently an A-spec version of this car, Okay. but they are bringing out the ILX IS, which I'm looking at this car more and more in a hot color here. It's red, right on the website here. I'm digging it. I'm kind of liking it. Okay. And yeah. there's been announcements in the press about the ILX, the base model, actually starting at a lower price, hmm. which means by the time you work your way up to this, well, I think it's above the A-spec, correct Correct me if I'm wrong here. I believe this IS will be sort of one level up. But I'm looking at the interior. It's a comfortable place to be. But I come to this because of a balance of many things. Okay. Price. Yeah. Great looking interior. It is a luxury brand. Agreed. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And then I think, all right, well, it's got to just run, be reliable, get decent mileage. Maybe you might be able to squeeze high 30s out of it. Mm -hmm. But not sure. You might not reach the 41 that that you're used to, Eddie. Yeah. But I'm looking at this car, thinking, I want you to look forward to getting back in your car. Hopefully, that's what I don't we're want you for. to arrive at your destination, do business, have your customer meetings, and then realize, oh, I gotta get back in gotta my get car, back in that.
0: drive three
1: hours back the other direction.
0: Oh. oh man, okay, that's the worst. It really is the worst. Yeah,
1: I, I don't want that feeling to come mm-hmm. across. I want you to think, I can't wait to just get back in and enjoy this again. Mm. There's many German cars we su- could suggest. I, I think I. They crossed my mind, and then I thought, well, Kia Stinger, like I said. But I'm coming to this Acura thinking,
0: what about it? Now, is this – I'm wondering. They used to do this on the – this is essentially the Honda Civic rebatch as an Acura, right? But done up nice.
1: Kind of. I mean, think of, you know, luxury brand here. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to my knowledge, is it all-wheel drive? I don't, no, I don't know that so. they're going to be I bringing an all-wheel so, yeah. drive. But – Pretty good turbocharged engine. It's a nice size. It's mm-hmm. not too big. True. True. I true. think it'll still have some good agility, especially the A spec or higher. This ILS uh, or this IS edition here. Sure. I mean, they're saying the A spec edition here has the NSX inspired ultrasuede. Okay. That's an
0: interior material. Great. That's not. That's nothing to do with handling. You know, No. No, awesome. no. It doesn't. You went into the trim department and went, we could put that on the. Little no, car. no. 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 no.
1: <laughs> but you know, they're they're thinking about. You know, pushing on this car in every category as far as, you know, a little bit more power, a Mm -hmm. little bit more, you know, let's. Sure, sure. Let's push that direction. I think this is kind of the beginning for them to Mm. push in the. What if, because again, I come back to price mm-hmm. because we could go to Lexus and infinity and BMW and yeah. all those are out of yeah, your yeah. price range. If you're thinking 35 and sure. you want something sure. nearish, luxury-ish, Near
0: luxury. there you and
1: go. not like it. too, because I'd love to get you into a new car. Mm-hmm. I really would. Oh
0: uh, yeah, I can see it. And
1: it comes with an eight speed dual clutch transmission. So there's some bones here. All right. There's some spicy bones down in there. like Spicy bones. Waiting to be uh, That's the name of a revealed. barbecue
0: restaurant that has not yet been opened. Spicy bones. Spicy bones. That's Whoa. perfect. Where's the meat?
1: We want the meat. Where's that? <laughs> anyway, so I'm, right. I'm looking at this car. Again, Eddie, not fully convinced of my choice here because we don't quite know all the specs on it yet. Mm-hmm. But I'm intrigued by it. And I think it's a different direction for you. Yeah. And again, price, it's a Honda. It's going to be reliable. But it's got... It's that next step up in luxury and, ooh, it's just going to be a great place to be. I look forward to this. And it's not as expensive as a Mercedes or a Lexus or something like that. Totally, yeah. This is where my headspace is at right now, but I'm still working things out.
0: I went uh, with two uh, Japanese cars. Okay. And then I have a wild car that's a German car. But we'll get there. Interesting. Interesting. So the Japanese cars, the first one I thought of, it's not quite as good for you as far as sheer gas mileage, Eddie. but I think you'd just like this car. And I think it is a car that people are going to be like, that's a cool car, man. Mazda 6 sedan. Yeah, I can see it. Mazda 6s are great. Mazda 6s are, they're they're a nice place to be. They've got great styling. They've got an enormous trunk, good full-size back seats. Now, the miles per gallon on that is going to be low to mid-30s on the highway. So you've come yeah. down six or eight mpg from what you're used to, but you get a lot—I mean, a lot of car for your money. They actually handle pretty well. They're—they're they're just nice places to be. I think you'd drive a Mazda six and be like, "That's my car."
1: They've got the new 2019 car here, and they've got the turbocharged engine. True. I don't know. I mean, kind of interesting.
0: I love it. The problem with the turbocharged engine is, what's your actual gas mileage going to be? Because this is the bait and switch that's going on industry wide right now. <laughs> that 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 oh you got turbocharged you got better miles per gallon no no it's just faster and then when we run it without it being on turbo the miles per gallon are good but nobody's driving it that way sure okay the, sure. the EcoBoost Ford F-150s guess what they're using just as much mileage as the old uh, uh, V8 yeah, right. because you need that power you know mm-hmm. so anyway mm-hmm. so but look I would certainly go turbo you and I normally talking turbo is the only part of the discussion but for this discussion of miles per gallon maybe you don't want the turbo I, I'm asking if you can get the turbo and like it yeah please get the turbo why not but i think you can get a lot of car for your money in the Mazda 6 claiming 31 on the highway which is yeah yeah if you're going okay. if you're going at, at sea level and you're you're really <laughs> not getting hill. you're not getting the the uh, rpm over about 2000 <laughs> right. you can probably get 31 right. but the normal one's supposed to get up to 35 so that's a, that's a candidate also Honda accord hybrid does low 40s miles per gallon
1: Except every time I think of Honda Accords now, I hear the Lone Ranger
0: music playing in my head. I know you're not I a fan. I see it drive by. I know and I you're think, not a fan of the style. Tonto, what I know is that car? Just don't get it in white. That's the key. Yeah, thing. that's what makes oh. it the worst. Don't get it in white. Then it doesn't look like it's wearing its its <laughs> bandana on the front. But, <laughs> the Accord, put on the bandana for the day. I'm going out hunting. Woo, yay. Or whatever it yeah, does. Anyway. Saddle up. We're taking the Accord. Anyway. so Going to Spicy Bones is where we're going. Perfect. See, it all all comes back around (laughs) to this podcast. You listen long enough, we'll drive you insane too. The Honda Accord Hybrid. Look, low 40 miles per gallon. It's a hybrid, (laughs) not an electric. So it's a car, even more so than the Volt, you just get in and drive it. True. But yet, they're very nice places to be. They run. It's a lot for your money. What is the MPG on that car? It is. It's low 40s.
1: They're claiming low 40s? Yes, they're claiming low 40s okay. on, the, on the hybrid. And again, if that's driving, if that is the main choice here, yeah. then I can
0: see that. Yeah, So, I, and I think you'd get, uh, like the Mazda 6, I think you get a lot for your money, but then you add in the miles per gallon you want. Mm-hmm. Are either the Mazda 6 or the Accord Hybrid going to be the most fun things to drive ever? No, I think they're both going to be more fun than your Fusion. I fully expect the Mazda 6 will be. The Accord might be a wash, you know, but the Accord's going to be a big upgrade in tech and interior and all of these kind of things that I think you'd really be surprised. Sure, sure. I could see that. I could see that. Now, German wildcard. Uh oh. Here's the thing I think is interesting. You remember that whole <clears throat> Dieselgate thing, that whole Volkswagen thing nobody really wants to talk about? <laughs> there are TDIs out there. You're seriously suggesting a Diesel? I'm suggesting a TDI. Because here's the thing about them. Here's really? the thing about them. Everyone I knew that had one prior to realizing they'd been lied to, everyone I knew that had one couldn't stop talking about how much they liked it couldn't stop talking about the great gas mileage, and it just ran for them. Well, that's just it. Were they in love with the fact they thought they were getting
1: that mileage?
0: That, no, I guess they No, no the mileage it is was the problem. Just, it was they just got the, great the, mileage. The dirty they were air. just polluting in the process. They're just yeah. driving a, a diesel. And they, and, but they'd been lied to that it wasn't actually polluting. There were okay, a lot of people that okay. cashed those cars in because they were just angry about the fact that I thought I was doing, remember the terms clean diesel at the time we all accepted, and now we go, those words don't go together. It really is like jumbo but shrimp. There, but there were a lot of people that actually were angry just about the fact that they thought they were doing their part, and -hmm. they weren't, okay? Mm -hmm. But my question is, if, if what this really is about is a nice place to be and gas mileage, TDI, I'm in wild card territory, but TDI, you could find somebody selling one and just get it and accept the fact that, okay, I'm driving a diesel truck, but look at my gas mileage, and it's a nice place to be. I hear you. That's interesting, and you're, I think you're approaching it purely from mileage.
1: What Absolutely. what car are you suggesting a TDI engine drop in? It doesn't matter anything you could do with the that golf, engine? You
0: could do the the Jetta. I mean, what's the car that is interesting to you? But, sure. But because here's the thing: those will be nice interiors, and like the Golf, even in base form, is a surprisingly chuckable car. So a Golf TDI hmm. is going to feel decent on a back road, but it's hmm. also a car you could just commute in and get halfway decent mileage. You and the trucker next to you are doing the same thing, but you know, even though you're both polluting, you know, like 18 wheelers, in spite of that, you're in a decent place. And so I'm just wondering if, if, if that part doesn't bother you, you haven't been sold, you're going to go in, unlike every other TDI owner, you're going to go in with your eyes open and just realize I'm driving a diesel. Yeah. But then you get the gas mileage benefit out of it, and it's a nice place to be.
1: I mean, I keep reading things about car manufacturers making the decision to, yeah, we're not going to offer our diesel in North America anymore. It's not going to happen anymore, yeah. I mean, here's sure. Kia sure. dropping the Sorrento diesel in America. Yeah, well, they're uh, gone. They're gone. You know, I just
0: keep seeing that. And so, yeah, the infrastructure is still there. Of It'll course, exactly. But That's why I'm in wildcard territory, because I, I know it's an oddball choice. And there are certainly those of you listening to the podcast that, that, Think all TDIs must be cubed. I get it. I get it. But they are out there. And the people that I know that have them, they all liked them. Porsche's website even
1: says the diesel <laughs> gate, you know, the, the warranty or, or the, uh, you know, what to do here. Click here. And of course. Yeah. They're even acknowledging this. So, yeah. wow. Interesting. I, yeah. The appetite for diesels. Oh, it's gone. In America. It's has gone. Just dropped off a cliff. Mm-hmm. But I do like that you're making a case for, hey, I could scoop one of these up cheap. Exactly. Just drive it exactly, and pollute your way merrily along to why not to uh, whatever barbecue I, I restaurant say, you want to
0: go to. And, and look, we're not. Let's be, let's also be honest. Okay, we're not claiming that any of the rest of these cars aren't polluting. I'm not saying that this is a weird standout. <laughs> it's it's right. just we had all all of us, kind of countrywide, worldwide, had the the wool pull over our eyes that it was somehow a mm, just revel with me about how funny these words are together now. Clean diesel. And it's not. It was just a diesel. So go drive your diesel and be happy. That's boy, all those, I'm saying.
1: Boy, those marketers had a great time with clean diesel. They had a, it was a gravy train for a while. It was. Yeah. Man. Well, thank you for writing into us. If you've got your own car debate, everydaydriver.tv at com or on the website, everydaydriver.com. You can write to us. Please write to us your story. We'd love hearing sure, about it. yeah. Definitely. And, uh, yeah, give us some requirements mm-hmm. and, you know, what you do and... You know, what you're going to be using the car for. So I I like that we're mixing things up. It's not always about the track car and the hot hatch this. And, hey, you just want nice car. We do like that,
0: but we got to go places.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we do. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. If you love basketball, you are absolutely going to love the official Lakers podcast on Podcast One Sportsnet.
0: Join Emmy Award-winning sports reporter Susie Schuster and her co-host Aaron Larsoul as they discuss Laker news of the day and break down the upcoming season with some of the biggest guests around. The guests
1: include recent interviews with Shaquille O'Neal, Magic Johnson, and LeBron James.
0: So check out the official Lakers podcast every week on Podcast One Sportsnet or wherever you get your favorite podcast. And hey, while you're there, rate that show and rate this one. It's about cars.
1: Hey, we've got to talk about AMSOIL. You know why we like AMSOIL? Because they're a bunch of car people, they're gearheads. They're into all kinds of power sports and cars, and they
0: get it. Amsoil has created a guide to increasing horsepower in your vehicle. It's insider tips from some of the best in the business on coaxing more power out of your engine. You can get your copy for free at amsoil.com driver. Plus, you can learn how the Amsoil Signature Series Synthetic Motor Oil delivers 75% more engine protection against horsepower loss and wear than is required by the industry standard. So don't forget, go to amsoil.com
1: slash driver to get your free insider's guide to increasing horsepower.
3: Let me tell you about Pete, who loved hockey and always wanted to play in the NHL. Pete played since he was three and begged his mom to let him stay on the ice. Why, some nights he even slept in his hockey skates. Pete practiced and practiced until one day when he was 47. Pete realized he just wasn't that good. So he threw his skates in the trash, but then he heard how Geico proud partner of the NHL could save him money on car insurance. So he switched and saved a bunch. So
0: it all worked out. Okay. In the next 30 seconds, I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you, but stick with me. I'm not good with numbers. We're going to be in this together. I promise in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on your car insurance.
1: This company has been offering great rates and great service for over 75 years. And anytime you need help, you can speak to one of their trained specialists 24
0: 7. The company, of course, is Geico. Go to geico.com today. Sorry for all the numbers, and I'm out.
1: John in Austin, Texas writes to us after watching our first videos way back in 2007, which yeah. I
0: can't believe. You it's might remember we raced sentence. moving trucks we as did. one of our bright Very ideas. early on, we did have a moving truck race Penske versus U Haul. All of you patrons have seen that. It is, it is quite <laughs> absurd, yes. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was uh, some fond memories there. We didn't have anything in the back. It was just you know, we should have but launched we, those. But things. we drag
0: raced moving trucks. Yeah, I we mean, did. Come on.
1: Yeah, we did. All right. So he's looking for guidance, and he writes to us with kind of a two part question, okay, and the first yeah. one is. What do you get next after you've had your dream car? After mm-hmm. you've owned it, what mm-hmm. what is next? Yeah. And you could probably see where this is going because he has owned his dream car and it was taken from him in an accident yep. and he's asking us to debate what is next. So it's mm-hmm. it's the what do I do next and then what car should I get? What what do we as enthusiasts do next after you've had your dream car. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Where he, do you go from here? And he or? did actually, we've talked about it before. We talk about when a car is taken from you, John. We talk about the fact that that is one of the, the times that we say you have a free pass to go get exactly that car again. And John considered it. His you car was a 335 IS. Now, if you've paid attention to the podcast, we are big fans of this car. They are cheap used. That is the three series. Well, if you listen to this podcast, it's actually three series, two generations back. If you're Can't talking believe about, that. but anyway, but that is the E92 generation of Was the it three now series. Now three with a new G20 being introduced. It's three. Man, well, it's two back from this one. From this one yeah. now, oh, yeah. yes. Uh, no, but anyway, it, it's, we had the E92, we had the F80, man. and then we had the G20. So we're two back from two, the one they just talked okay, about. Okay, right. Yeah. Anyway. You like it, cars. It, letters of the alphabet and, not and math, it's all bad. But anyway, the <laughs> point is, E92, okay? This was a car that if you watch our review of it from long ago, and, and John probably saw it, we weren't that fond of it in new price, but man, at twenty grand, it's a compelling M3 alternative that I am in love with. He had one. He loved it. Blue with a brown interior. It was the spec that he wanted. He had it for a few years after he saved up and found the perfect one, and it got totaled. Yeah.
1: Just, we hate hearing about this, honestly. Uh it's it's rough, I uh, have not experienced it personally, no, it'd be terrible for sure. I love that this was your aspirational car because it was so curated. You mm-hmm. talked about mm-hmm. in high school, you were looking at you know well, this is this you know this car, yeah, it's such a discerning choice for people. not everybody is into it, you know it's effortlessly sporty that. You know, a three liter six cylinder engine could keep pace with the 4.6 liter V8 in his Mustang and yeah. you know, dissecting yeah, yeah. every element about the car and think it's better here. It's more there. Mm-hmm. Wow. Why don't people buy more of these cars? Yeah. And why did they offer it for such a,
0: a short time? Yeah. It was kind of the sweet spot of that of that generation in, very, in many, many ways. You
1: realize it's also 2011 and we've talked about moment in time That's cars. Point.
0: Yeah. Which was also the 1M. The one M and the Porsche Boxster Spyder, uh huh, and the uh, well, I'm forgetting one. Oh, the 997 GT3 RS40, all 2011. Yes, all of them. Yes. Yeah.
1: I. We keep coming back to this and kind of discovering Don't know what cars happened in cars in 2011. Right around Don't the know. 2011 2012 area yeah, yeah, that yeah. is so special. Very weird. Huh. All right. Well. Moving on to his uh, accident, he he told the car, after a lot of back and forth with the insurance Mm agents or the insurance Mm -hmm. company, and he loved this car. Sporty, luxury, everything he's needed, and he's thought about, as you said, he's thought about doing another one, but isn't that stagnation? Isn't that we're just kind of dead in the water here?
0: And it took him so long to shop to find the perfect first one. That he's realizing I'm going to be as picky or more the second time, so I should probably just move on to something else. <laughs> he's hearing GNR, sweet child of mine. Where do we go now? Where do we go? <laughs> that was his quote. He said, uh, Just like it. that, here we go. Yeah.
1: All right. So, what he wants is a decent amount of power, driver mm-hmm. involvement, manual preferred, not a must have. Mm-hmm. Actually, his IS was a dual clutch. Yes. He said, Looks that will age well. Get that Civic Type R origami rear end out of here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Which goes with the next one, which is not two-boy racer. I mean, I'm, I'm exactly. seeing what you want. I mean, the, the 335 IS is subtle in styling. So you <laughs> want subtle and classy. You definitely want that. You'd prefer rear-wheel drive. You say strongly preferred. I like that as well. Uh, and then it's just you don't want to be in something where you feel like, oh, I, I settled for this after yeah. the IS.
1: Uh, John, Mm-hmm. going to push on your budget. Oh, of course you are. Budget you kn- is thirty grand, you which knew is I which was. is decent
0: actually. Thirty grand is is not bad because you can good, find a really nice three three thirty five is for thirty grand.
1: Which is if you go back that direction, if you do another one, yeah, get another one. Yeah. However, I do have a car, and you might be able to guess it if I say this and that is. It's one that I've been recommending in the past few podcasts. Okay, but I think it fits okay. even better for John because it's a new experience mm-hmm. and it fits all of these. He's going to be in Austin, so weather is. Going to be great.
0: Yeah. We'll say. Yeah. Not going to be a big issue. Rear
1: wheel yeah. drive. And it's, you, you talk about the interior and mm-hmm, going backwards, mm-hmm. say, to a Mustang. And I say backwards just by interior feel. Sure. Sure. Nobody sure. buys a Mustang yeah. because it's got a luxurious interior. It's well, nobody, nobody buys
0: one. a Mustang because they looked at a BMW interior and went, the Mustang's much nicer. Even right. if it's equivalent. They just don't look at the Mustang and be like, that's a much nicer interior. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: And you're thinking, oh, I, I can't step backwards. I have mm-hmm. to keep moving mm-hmm. forward. And yeah. what is yeah, that yeah. moving forward? What is that car that represents? And, again, with this one, I'm wrestling with my choices. I'm thinking, okay. do you get the M3? Do you get an E92 M3? Yeah. Do you go backwards to an E46 M3?
0: I can see it. I can Maybe. see it. I don't know that it's right, but I see, that, I see how you got there. I thought of that too, yeah. You know, I think cars like the Audi A7 is going to be dead to you, John. I yeah. do. Well, he's he's concerned about steering feel. I mean, he is. He, he's concerned about where steering feel has gone since that IS, and he's going. I, I feel like I'm gonna have to sacrifice that. That's in here too.
1: It is. And then I think, well, of all the Japanese manufacturers, what is the three series equivalent from Lexus? The RC 350.
0: Hmm. Oh, interesting. Okay, sure. Sure. But you've
1: already experienced one of the most brilliant cars, the IS. And everything that it entails. Mm. So is the mm. RC going to be a nicer interior, but a step backwards in terms of performance and handling what you're really looking yeah, for? What,
0: how's the steering feel going to yeah. hold up? I, I agree with that. Yeah, I'm wrestling with that. Yeah, I see it. And
1: I think, okay, ooh, well now we're in the sweet spot for a 996 Carrera 4S. Yeah. 32 grand all day long. Sure,
0: sure, sure. Yeah.
1: But I want you to have a 997 or later, John, if you're going to go 911. I want okay. you to have a newer okay. car. Yeah. So yeah. that yeah. blows your budget. All right. So if we're going to blow your budget, we're going to do it with a <laughs> proper car. What I like car. is
0: for five minutes, we're talking about cars that are almost in budget. So we're just <laughs> going to go there. I love that we're bracing it. Go I, on. go I on. I
1: think, John, you will see, you will agree that this will justify an extra $8,000 oh on my top gosh. of your budget. Oh, my
0: gosh. Okay. All right. Yep. Jaguar F-Type. Uh, compelling. You, That's you, a compelling you car. Are, you are into a trend of recommending that car. Recommending it strongly, by the way. Making it make, it, and make I w- a good point. I
1: will also have you listening, I w- everybody listening. I choose these car debates... Without thinking I don't read them and think, Oh, I'm gonna choose that car. I, yeah. I
0: choose them because of the compelling
1: stories or uh-huh. yeah. you know, interesting things about them. And I you know, so we, we debate that and then later on I come yeah. back to them. So I
0: you kind of shift your headspace now to looking at, okay, so now that we're doing this one, what car would it be? Um, I yes. get that. Yeah. Then
1: then we come back and think, yeah, 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 Okay, yeah. now what would my choices be? Mm-hmm. I don't read them thinking, Oh, I've got your car ready. Sure. Maybe that happens. Most but likely not. I yeah. don't think that is as fun to do as fun to debate. So I come to this and think
0: okay.
1: All I, right. I, Chose the debate and think, interesting story. What what do you do after your mm. your dream BMW? You move to okay. a Jaguar. Classy, okay. elegant, fast. Right. The sound, the noise. Yeah, the noise. they sound great.
0: They sound great. They look great. They're fun to drive, for, for sure.
1: everything on this category, you cannot throw stones and say, well, it doesn't have a nice interior. No, it's got a great
0: interior. Yeah,
1: I see it. I see you it. can't say, no, it's not going to handle well. They're great. Yeah, they handle really well, yeah. You can't say, no, the power's just not there, because wow. yeah.
0: F type. No, it's it's great. It's just too expensive. That's the only place we could throw stones at your idea because you're right. It checks every other box very well. 2014 convertibles are just over 30. Yeah. Like 31, yeah. 32 for a convertible.
1: But yeah. I want you in a hard top. Yeah, sure. I so I had to that. go 38 to find one. Okay. And I found multiple. They're Good 37, 38. All right. Yeah. Which is pushing. Are you going to feel pushing, that in your but- monthly payment? Well, yes, but you I are. just think it'll be justified well, by having that car and walking outside and going, oh I agree. gosh. I
0: agree. I will defend you for a minute because the number of you, and thank you to those of you that write in and say, here's the car I got, guys. I would bet you <laughs> 50% of those emails, I'm not kidding, 50% of those emails come back and go, I told you my budget was this, but I spent, here's the multiple of that. I spent 10 grand it more. Happens. I spent 15 grand more because you get excited about a car, which is exactly what we want. You get excited about a car and then all of a sudden you're like, I'm going to spend 50 bucks more a month or 100 bucks more a that happens <laughs> 1, 200 so so that's the one place that we can defend you Paul because you you push budgets a lot but you you push budgets by a few thousand dollars I mean sometimes you're like 20 grand up I'm like come on man but yeah, a few I thousand know. dollars yeah. that's a nego- negotiation point when you chase a car you know it just happens it does and I do it out of uh I guess wanting <laughs> whoever we're debating
1: for wanting them to to not come away with well, if I had just gone a little bit further, would I be I that, that
0: much happier? Yeah, if you've fallen just you know, short and you're in a car that's
1: fine. Like we mid- haven't really budget, done a good job. Perfect, yeah. and I yeah, met yeah, all yeah, the yeah. specs, but huh. I don't yeah. want you to come away thinking, "Well, I got the Lexus RC and it's good, it's fine, uh, I can't wait fine. till my next car." A month in, or yeah, ten that's minutes in, or that's the worst, yeah. At, you know, hey, we found you exactly everything, and then you're just not compelled by it. Mm. I hear you. So if you, you, you spent more money, are you going to – maybe a, you can't. Maybe there's you an can't. argument. And there's I, an argument here, I, I can I be see. I see. pushed into a corner here. Yeah. But I, I submit to you the F-type for as much – I like it. Keep it under 40. Yeah. But an
0: F-type. Yeah. And I And cow. I defend you because there are people that write back having blown their own budget. So I'll, I'll go with you there. I have four. they They're kind Oh, of, wow. They're kind of a pair. Two, two one direction and two the other. Okay. okay? The first two I want to talk about, I'm thinking about your usage, which is fun, chuckable, but nice place to be, all of these kind of things, thirty grand to spend. These are sister cars, but they have to be mentioned. The Audi S three mm, sure. or if you prefer the hatchback, the Golf R. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Of course That's Golf true. R you could That's get true. in the manual. The S3, you're not going to get in the manual. Not going to happen. Okay, Not going to happen. So the, that may be the deciding factor right there. But you might like the form factor of the S3 more. But, I mean, they are essentially the same car, same running gear. They're the same. Yeah, right. Which, which Essentially, which suit do you prefer is kind of what we're talking about. Yeah, I can see But that. Uh, the Golf R, you can get in manual. And I think those are compelling. You should at least go drive them. Hmm. But hmm. then I went to, you're concerned about steering feel. You want something that's got like a nice, classy, luxury feel, luxury lines, you know, looks very high-end, does feel like a progression from where you were, which was that subtle but yet classy 335 IS. Okay, two of them. Get yourself a first-gen, that's a 987 Cayman. (laughs) How much can you – look – I continually love
1: when I don't arrive you don't at Cayman. don't Porsche and I do Or yeah. even just Porsche, but, just but here's Caymans the thing. in general. You
0: arrive there. The or? base Cayman you could get for probably 20, okay? It'll be a you can high find, miles on it, but You can yeah. find early Cayman S's for under 30 for sure, okay? Sure. It checks every box that that BMW did, every single one. It's not a turbo motor. That's going to have a different feel. But the 987 is going to have the steering feel you want, too. That's the other reason I'm staying at the first gen. I hear you. Because you you. go toward the—we've actually got a Generations of Cayman piece coming up that we're just about to shoot that's part of Season 4, and we're very excited. But that 987 Cayman steering is really—that's the sweet spot of Porsche before they went to electric steering. It is
1: the pinnacle. I agree.
0: that's really compelling. And in a similar vein, with your friends at BMW, why not get yourself— a Z4 M Coupe,
1: mm, twenty five to thirty there. grand
0: all day long. It's it's a great parts bend car from from BMW. Good engine, great manual steering. I mean, non electric steering, great hydraulic steering feel. It's it's a greatest hits car. We look at our piece on it. it's a greatest hits sure, car. Sure, sure. I think that is a nice. You have told us that you don't need necessarily. You had a coupe before two plus two, but you're not having a commentary here about here's all the space I need. So let's just embrace that. If you're at a time in your life when the two seats are no problem, which it sounds like you are, 987 Cayman or Z4M Coupe, you get the steering feel you want. You get the classy look. You get the power. I think one of those two is your car. Mm, I like both of those two.
1: I mean, of course, I'm all about the Cayman. Nobody surprised. But
0: yes. That's uh-huh. so funny. I love it when you arrive at that. But I, I love It's either that, Miata or Cayman. But I love that both of those cars are under thirty grand for nice ones. And and are the Z4 M coupes truly under thirty? The one that we drove was like was sold not long after for twenty five. It was, yes. I thought it was like a forty thousand. No, car. no, 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 no. I mean, I'm sure they're. Well, that's out good there. news. Sure, I'm sure they're out there at that price for sure. Which are
1: probably pretty nice ones. Yes, yeah, but but sure. it's
0: it, it's a twenty five to thirty thousand dollar car, as is the Cayman, and those are also those cars where if you pull up in that car, nobody's going to spend think you spent twenty five grand. That's not the reason to buy it, but they are in that category. Hmm. Oh, I like that.
1: All right, well John, you've got some shopping to do and some thinking to do and touching back on your question about, you know, what what do we do after we've owned our dream car? Mm-hmm. I think you've got to give yourself permission. Yeah. to go on to what's next. And For I sure. say that For pointing sure. more at me than I am at anybody else because here I am, not just Porsche lover, Cayman lover. And I've you've got to give yourself permission to think, you know what? I could fall in love with a completely different brand. Mm, that's good. And that's okay. I'm giving myself permission to do that. We've got a myriad of questions to jump to here. Thank you guys for writing in the questions. I love uh, hearing what's on your mind. I guess that's what the social media part is for. because Completely. Completely. Instantly, yeah. hey, what pops in yep. your mind? We're yep. you know, just looking for quick questions, you know, just a quick hit kind of thing. And I, I like reading these. There's so much going on. All right. So we're jumping in here. I'm scrolling through. Anything that's uh, stuck out to you?
0: Uh, Akim wrote to us on Twitter. Hasn't written in a while, but it's good to hear from you, man. How do you increase steering feel? Can you take any car and increase steering feel? Ockham, the short answer is yes. Yeah, I'd agree. The long answer is way beyond my ability. But here is the here is what it requires. What it really requires is suspension refinement. Ultimately. You can do minimal things like, okay, I changed the tires and this kind of I was of gonna stuff. say you tires can, at can the start minimum. you can start there and that yeah. will change things. And it can change things good and bad. There's another question coming up about tires that, that 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 where that happens. But ultimately you need somebody that knows suspension geometry to start tweaking. And I've actually heard recently, Chance and I were talking about a guy locally that has a Alpha Four C and he has done some sort of tweak to the suspension and he claims it is the standard tweak that people are doing to make it steer like it should. But again, somebody has to take the time to figure that out. It's not something most people are going to sit in their garage and go, I'm just going to tweak this. It's going to be better. No, you didn't do that. Mm. It's going to take work. But ultimately, if you have a good somebody that knows suspension, this is what Lotus has done for cars forever. And I mean, cars yeah, they didn't sure. even make. Sure. They took a car that was average and went, let's improve the steering. So it's all about suspension, and it's all stuff that involves much more math and technology than I can understand, but it is possible. A crazy turn here from Cortland B. Something off the top of the cars.
1: Are there any good ski resorts or honeymoon-esque spots in Utah? As a matter of fact, there's tons of them. Yes. There's many, actually, in Park City. There's, of Mm -hmm. course, all the high-end hotels here, the Waldorf Astoria, the Four Seasons, Mm -hmm. and I'm forgetting a bunch. There are
0: seven or nine, I forget the number, uh, ski resorts within an hour of the Salt Lake City Airport. Yeah, there's a lot of nice ones, but I'm
1: going to suggest the Zermatt. Hotel, it's like little Switzerland in yeah. Midway. Actually, a yeah, town called not Midway.
0: Not bad. Also, you can look at Snow Basin. That's one that doesn't get a lot of people going to Snow it's Basin. Very as well, it's nice kind of place nice. To ski. Uh, but but if you come up to Park City, you've got Deer Valley, which is incredibly high end and very yeah, nice. Very nice. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in this area. If you're if you're a skier and you want to come here for that kind of world, it's kind of take your pick. There's a lot of good hotels. That's that's a good one. There's also a question from Kyle N. Does the slope
1: of the depreciation curve influence your recommendations for a certain car? For example, if a car holds its value, are we more likely to recommend it versus one that just drops off a cliff? Mm. Kyle, I will say, and I touched on this in the debate, is that is I think of a car, you know, that might fit the yeah, debate, yeah, and yeah. then I go hunting to see if that car really is there, now yeah. that yeah. cheap yeah, yeah, yeah. or within the price. Yeah,
3: yeah. Eight
1: to ten thousand? Five to ten. With, within spitting distance, within visibility. <laughs> I might have to tweak yeah. the then I keep bumping up the price, you Look know, out, on my yes. search. I keep okay, what about thirty two thousand? Nope, what about 35,000? Nope. How about 38? <laughs> yes, we've got one. So that's kind of how I'm influenced because yeah. I come back to the really wanting that person to have the car because of mm. how enjoyable and how much it fits. But then what can we do to work on the budget? How can we do that?
0: Yeah, and I I t- tend to gravitate toward used cars that are already on the back half of the depreciation curve. I mean, sure, we're, sure. we're going to recommend things all the time that are more so, but I like to – that's how I shop. I find things that are, wow, they've gotten that cheap. I can actually afford that car now. That's kind of how my headspace is, and that carries over into the podcast. Hmm. Wow. All right. What else on here? Uh, Olin wrote in on Facebook. uh, This is a tough one. Back to steering feel again. Engineering and driving feel question. How do you think companies should engineer electric or hybrid vehicles to make them interesting to enthusiast drivers? This is this roller is, skate question, isn't it? This is very difficult. This is no. It's actually not the roller skate. Design. It's not. This is this is just talking about how oh, yes. do you get an enthusiast car that is an electric or hybrid car. And Olin, I'm going to say to you the biggest thing that is a factor in this so far is weight. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They all weigh much more than they should. When you look at the stat on paper, you go, "Why is that car?" I mean, I'll give you an example: the the Porsche 918. Nobody's saying that car isn't fun to drive. But it also weighs the better part of 4,000 pounds. Which is astounding. Why? If you ever stand by one, look, if you stand by a Camaro or a Mustang and somebody says to you this weighs 3,800 pounds, you go, yeah, I can see it. You stand sure. by a 918 and somebody says 3,800 pounds, you go, where is all that weight? It's, it's a tiny car. <laughs> you carry your weight well? Seriously. But it's all about those batteries. This sure. is, with the exception of the GTR, which defies all logic and reason in this area, heavier cars don't perform as well. Or to put it another way, even if they perform well in the GTR is a poster child for this too, they don't have as much feel. If we're talking about enthusiast feel, something's got to be done about the weight.
1: Yeah, oh, Olin goes on to say, he talks <clears> about the <throat> skateboard down here. You know, what if what if you had just the flat skateboard sure, base, no yeah. engine, no drivetrain to deal with? How would we design a fresh take? How would I design a fresh take on an electric car? Olin, I think that most car manufacturers are looking at electric cars with the exception of a few, the Tesla. Roadster, the first one being the grand exception Mm -hmm. of this has to do the acceleration and mileage and range first thing, thing first, you know, before any, any other requirements, I don't know that they're approaching it from a, here's a great platform that handles well. And then let's figure out where to put the batteries and how to balance the weight. Yes. You think the skateboard is always the answer, but then, you know, from a, a design standpoint, you can plop any, 3 box 2 box MPV minivan mm-hmm. shape right on top of that and then what do you do with that front traditional shape where the engine's used to go Yeah think about inline 8 cylinder engines on Duesenbergs yeah. and Packards yeah. of the day that long hood was dictated by the powertrain Good point good point So you think okay what about modern design mm-hmm. why don't we start with a different thinking instead of starting with the skateboard even though mm-hmm. you want to still get that weight down low Yeah what if we do package our weight like internal combustion engines are packaged A mid-engine car, well, all the weight's right there. Sure. Why do we have to have, well, it's got to be the flat, four-inch thick, you know, the batteries on the floor, that kind of thing. What Mm. if we packaged Mm. it and thought of it and approached it just like the handling dynamics of a Cayman or an S2000, Mm. the front mid-engine kind of car, Mm. and then worked our battery packs around that dynamic? Yeah. And then that would dictate Mm. the styling because you've got clearances to deal with. You think, okay, how, how tall can I make that battery pack? We're essentially stacking up the batteries into a shape. Versus laying them flat on, on the floor and that's how it should always be and then mm. well, it doesn't matter what you plop on top of that thing. It's it's mm. a child's toy. You know what I mean? It's that wooden <laughs> child's toy with it's wheels what, and you put the top on yeah Yeah, what, what Faraday
0: Future was trying to do too, yeah. Yeah,
1: everybody comes to the skateboard. That's the best ever. Well, is it?
0: Mm, interesting.
1: Is it? it? Does it give you the perfectly neutral handling? Yes, it defines the flat floor and plenty of cargo space and plenty of boredom.
0: Well, but here's the thing. There, there's a The thing that happens is That low flat weight, okay, and there was a question actually on social media, and I don't have your name in front of me and I apologize, but somebody asked a question about the Model 3 in relation to the Cayman recently because they said you and I I I talk about how these cars that are electric cars right now, they are not dynamic to drive cars, and yet this person has read, and I've seen them too, comparisons of the Model 3 versus the Cayman. First off, I think that person has driven a Cayman recently. That's part of my answer. But the second thing is hmm. that what, what happens is when you drive these electric cars, and the Model 3 is a great example. The Model 3 has in some cases been compared to the Cayman. No, it does not drive as well as the I Cayman. I don't understand why. Here's why. Here's why. Because the Cayman has lost, and this is my my perspective, the Cayman has lost a little bit of its steering feel in the current version. The Model 3 doesn't really have any. But it's lost <laughs> yeah. steering feel. And but the Model Three doesn't feel like a very big car, whereas the Model S feels like a long car. The Model Three doesn't feel like a big car, but the weight is very low, and so you have an uh, automotive person thinking about what's the last thing I drove where the steering was similar in its turn in because it's got good turn in. in sure, the Model 3, sure. And the weight felt really low; didn't feel like it was in front of me. Felt really low. Most people's analog for that is the Cayman. Okay, I can see that. I do not think, when driving the Model 3, wow, this handles like a Cayman. It handles like a well-put-together. I never thought that. No. It handles like, well, you own one. It handles like a well-put-together, medium-sized sedan. It doesn't feel like it has weight coming from any specific direction because all the weight's in the floor. You don't have, most of the time when you drive a sedan like that, you can feel the weight up front. Mm -hmm. And the minute you turn the wheels, because most of those sedans that size also are front-wheel drive, which is another thing. True, true. You turn the front wheels and you feel those front tires getting murdered and you feel that huge lump of weight in front of you. You take that sensation away and you add rear-wheel drive. All of the sensations we're used to in a sedan like that are now gone. What does this feel like? Oh, this feels like a Cayman it doesn't handle like that but i can see how you got there in your discussion hmm interesting i
1: introduce myself when i walk around i introduce myself as an automotive person people say what do you do i'm an automotive person what what does that mean yeah it's exactly? on my business card yeah exactly yeah I, that's how I'd like to introduce myself. Automodologist? No, let's stop. No. I really ought to stop. <laughs> no, Kirk M on Facebook asked me which current head of design would I love to work with if I were to go to work for an auto manufacturer. Mm. Well, heck, I'd love to head up a few studios. But which <laughs> head of design, dead <laughs> or alive? We've had that conversation. Yeah, <laughs> from any decade of auto manufacturing, would I love to work with? Strangely, after finishing with the Corvette shoot recently, okay. it would probably be the beginnings of Corvette styling or oh, GM styling. It'd be okay. Harley Earl. Okay. Because of the anything-goes nature of that sure. first studio. Sure. Whereas now, mm, okay. maybe I could maybe name a few and, and you know, excellent studios and, and that kind of thing. But I think of Infinity. Uh, my yeah. friend Kareem is yeah, heading up yeah, yeah. Infinity Design. And it'd have to be somebody that is... Still searching for a design language, or oh, floundering sure, is sure. the wrong word, but but
0: searching for but the new the new
1: re- style, sure. reimagining yeah. ourselves yeah, yeah, yeah. and coming out of our cocoon of this new. Here's us, yeah,
0: you know, yeah, here, yeah. we're redefining
1: like the brand. Infinity is very much in that position right now. Yeah, Hyundai and Kia used to be, but they found it, they've established yeah. it, they've landed, they on know it where sure. they're going. Yep, yep, yep. BMW, Porsche, mm-hmm. blah, on and okay. on and on. Okay. I mean they're honestly crazy enough. There've been complaints from designers, or or uh, I, I should say, design students, and think I'd never. Want want to go work for porsche because it's the same shapes it's the yeah. same stuff all the time that has changed because of the introduction of the macan the cayenne the tycon coming down the road yeah. all that kind of stuff but i get the point it's like yeah, why would sure. i just want to draw 911s all day i would like to draw 911s all day long but you still would, but i, that's you. I, I look that, at yeah. infinity and things are undefined right now they're mm. exploring mm. language and that's why they keep coming out with these prototype cars and gauging public opinion and saying What about these kinds of shapes, and what is this going to be, and who are we, and we're we're exploring. We've had cars, and we've built cars, and you can go buy them at a dealer, but that's not where we're
0: headed. We're we're finding something. Yeah, okay.
1: And infinity comes to the top of my mind for something
0: like that. I like that. Plus, the Harley Earl thing is interesting because that's the era in which design won
1: design, establish the, the Corvette. Yes,
0: you guys in the engineering department, we pay you to be engineers, figure out how to make the car work underneath that shape. There's no discussion about, we need to move, the- no, 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 yeah. no, we're not moving nothing. That's the design, yep. you figure it out. Yep. That is the exact opposite of what happens now. But, it, but you're right, <laughs> no, That area is interesting because it's just like, you make it work, that's the shape.
1: I mean, Apple does that from a design perspective. They say, we want to make to it degree. even
0: thinner and the engineers just really start sweating. Beat their head against the wall, for yeah. sure, for sure. Uh, Duncan Yu asked a question, can you put too much tire on a car? Yes, you can. He's got a Fiesta <laughs> ST. He, he's gone to uh, Indy 500s on it from the Michelin AS3s, and he feels like some of the magic of the car is, is lost. I think that's interesting that that's the change you made, and you don't like it as much. That, I find that kind of intriguing. But to answer your question, in the larger sense, yes, you can over tire a car, and then the steering starts to lose feeling, and get sluggish. It starts to tramline, meaning following lines and seams in the pavement even more. You have grip like crazy, but your feel goes away because everything's just been muffled in this wall of tire. Now, generally, Duncan, that takes a pretty major tire change. You've had a minimal one. I'd, I'd love to unpack <laughs> Who's that. your R7s. You're going nowhere. <laughs> I'd love to unpack what you feel has been lost. But uh, but there's the discussion also that happens with the 86 chassis, that there are people that will argue. They will argue for a long time that the minute you put good tires on that car, it becomes less interesting because it's not as slidey. I do not agree with that category hmm. because my yeah. issue with the car was those bad initial tires on the car, they want to slide, but as, well, as much as that's good for the back, Nobody talked about the fact that they also understeered like crazy. Until you got the back to come around, it just understeered. Well, the car came alive at that point. With good good tires. tires on it, the front sticks, and now you can get the back loose. And then also, guess what? You can do grip. But I like grip. So there is that debate as well.
1: There was a question from Dallas Mills. He's suggesting a topic Tuesday discussion. I'm wondering yes, possibly, but I'm wondering if there's just a quick answer to this. He was discussing with his girlfriend about self-driving cars being built to adapt mm, to roads yeah. instead of the roads adapted to non-self driving cars. Well, it's infrastructure. It's because we have so many roads already. Yeah. We've always, you know, we've got everything out there and, and there's some roads that are just you know, why was the neighborhood planned like this? Or why yeah, was the city center yeah, planned yeah, like yeah. this? It just grew up over time, much like European cities. Just kind of grew over the years and decades and centuries. Actually, and the European city is a can't great argument. Really change that, yeah. rather than a master plan for a city that yeah. doesn't exist. Yeah, there well, are a few of those in Dubai or Saudi Arabia, I think.
0: Well, how do you do the blank slate on a modern city? And this is the problem. And I agree with European. European city is a great example here. You're not going to take pick your European iconic city and go. You know what? we're going to destroy all these roads that have been here since the Roman times. And we're going to completely rethink nobody's going to go for that. Are you going to go to any state or federal level and think, or, or propose an idea
1: of, you know what? We should tear that out. We're going to start over. We're going to do it differently. Are you really the department of transportation is going to hear you out?
0: Yeah. That's going to be a hard, that's the problem. And so, so it's adapt to the current infrastructure versus, Make the infrastructure what it should be for where we're headed. I, I see. I see the argument. I do but that's too. The problem,
1: and I think that is the way with with things how how they're progressing. That's ideally the way you want to approach a project like this. Ideally, yeah. But how can you possibly how do you start over? Yeah. What about you know windy country roads out in the middle of nowhere? You think, All that stuff's gonna stay. Got to map that and. Ha- can't change that. Yeah, all that stuff's going to stay. It's it's an interesting discussion, but we've got to deal with
0: what we've got. I expect got. there will be some city centers in the world where the city center will change. But outside of like the extreme city center, it's going to stay like it is.
1: If you want a city that is actually being built from the ground up, if you're curious, if you're interested okay. at all, go to neom.com. It's neom.com. It's a project in Saudi Arabia, and it's absolutely fascinating watching the videos watching about the vision and the development and what Mm, they're doing mm. it's astounding if you want to kind of see we're going to create a city out of the desert from nothing sustainability food water biotech mobility entertainment Mm. tourism sports the whole thing it's an if you build it they will come thing i guess neom.com i'm fascinated by these kinds of projects and you know if you want a complete diversion for the rest of your afternoon
0: have to answer a question for dammit Patton, who's actually joining us while he's listening to this he's in process of coming to our meetup he's asking he's about to get himself into an r8 turo rental car to join us and he's saying any last minute advice for somebody that's never driven mid-engine before (laughs) i'm going to give you a couple things first off you're in an r8 um wow it's it's gonna help you because it's all-wheel drive so a lot of the normal issues are muted in that car But the biggest thing I would tell you, plus it's all right, so don't hoon it right out of the out of the gate. Right, ease ease yourself in. (laughs) It is the six speed gated manual, by the way. Oh, really? Which is really cool. The number one thing I will say to you is, break in a straight line. I mean, you're supposed to do this anyway, but break in a straight line. Do not shift mid corner. Yeah. This is the place where the engine goes, I'm sorry, what did you say? And comes around to see what's going on. (laughs) What's back here? What's up here? And I've actually, look, I I will admit it. I've had a boneheaded, I was lazy moment and done it in the Lotus. You lifted? Came came into a corner and I just, I did the shift too late. Mm. And as soon as I got that gear slotted, it did exactly what it should do when you're that boneheaded. And the back started coming around. (laughs) And so I countered. And, you know, got it to be okay, you know, slid my way. It was an accidental drift to the corner. I, didn't, I, I wasn't drifting because I was super cool. <laughs> I was drifting because I was super bonehead, and I just happened to catch it and actually survive on the back end of the corner. Was this but, with the newer old tires? Uh, old tires. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, old tires, which possibly could have been a factor. But the minute, here's the thing. It was one of those things, Patton, the minute I did it, I thought, that's going to go wrong. I was really? just having a lazy driving moment, mm. and I just slotted the gear and released the clutch just, just flat out too late, yeah. and went. Well, of course, I mean, literally, the back of my mind was having a conversation with myself. The back of my mind was going, "Of course, the back end's going to come around when you do that." Well, yeah, and to so, your point, have the there. car settled and
1: either neutral or slight increase of power as you're moving through the corner. You do not want to hop off the gas. Yeah, don't do that in the mid-engine car. Yeah, you want so, to just neutral throttle
0: or just slight power. None of this is going to happen in your weekend. I, I no. fully believe you're just going to enjoy it. It's obviously it's an all-wheel drive, not a rear-wheel drive. It's a pretty docile rear, uh, mid-engine platform. I hope you thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Gay for Cars, which is an interesting IG name, but I'm going to follow along. He said, what car makes you feel like you're going the fastest? He's driven a lot of modern stuff. Hmm. And he said all the modern – and we agree with you. All the modern stuff just insulates you. And you look down and you go, why am I going this fast? Because you don't have the sensations of driving fast anymore. The simple answer here is a convertible. Hmm. convertible still involve sure. you in the wind noise and the everything and you get a sense of it but mercedes honestly, is trying to go the opposite direction and insulate you from everything with the
1: neck brace neck curtain totally. the yes, windows yes up. the yeah the we, air, air scarf for so whatever it doesn't feel like the top is down but and by the way the top is still down convertible yeah. why Anyway.
0: Yeah. All of the benefits of being with it, with it closed and yet your hair got messed up. It's, it's a fantastic thing. We had a whole bunch of meetings about it. It was great. It's the neck anyway, scarf. Sorry, yeah. neck scarf. Exactly. So there's that. I don't know but, what that is. But here's the thing. It's the older stuff that does I hate to say it, but the older stuff that doesn't have as much insulation or safety is what gives this to you. The best modern car, I know it's cliche, You're no, you know, I know you hear me saying it, is the Lotus Elise. It's one of the reasons I love it. But also things like the Caterham and the, and the MX-5 does a good job of this. But that's a convertible. The convertibles are, are the way to this, this at this point because everything else is starting to insulate us so much you look down and you're going 90. And, and I say that not because you're hooning. You're, you're going 90 because you look down and went, oh, I'm doing 90, which is not what you want. <laughs> right. All right. Question from Steven S on Facebook. says, use Chevy SS's around
1: 40,000 40, miles or now $30,000 and change. Why would you buy a regular sedan when you can have a four-door Corvette for less money? Because you don't know. We're in agreement, Stephen, and I think you're all out of excuses. So send a picture when you get one. (laughs) I like that. Guys, thank you for your questions. We really appreciate it. We are looking forward to next time. Cheers.
3: Let me tell you about Pete, who loved hockey and always wanted to play in the NHL. Pete played since he was three and begged his mom to let him stay on the ice. Why, some nights, he even slept in his hockey skates. Pete practiced and practiced until one day, when he was 47, Pete realized he just wasn't that good. So he threw his skates in the trash. But then he heard how Geico, proud partner of the NHL, could save him money on car insurance. So he switched and saved a bunch. So it all worked
2: out. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. Federal government worker Blake Murray in D.C. says he's pretty much had it with the partial government shutdown. It's
3: pretty demoralizing, um, you know, and I feel like...